We meet in the middle of the day, in the middle of the week, to chat about Python. I'm Chuck. I'm Laís. It's Pi time. Meet, meet Pi. Hey, hello. Yay. Hello, it's welcome. In the middle of the day, in the middle day. of the week, I was like, okay, uh, I, <laughs> I have... Yeah, I think uh, Lays was wondering, like, because I have really weird time zone that, like, uh, I have really weird time of, um, you know, when I sleep. <laughs> so she have, has no clue that, like, when I'm sleeping, So which is good, <laughs> I think, like, because... I only, I only know when the Discord uh, status button is on. So when it's green, I know you're around, and when it's not green, I know you probably went for a nap. Yeah. <laughs> so... Well, I work in my bedroom, so this is what you get. You can like just you know you crush on your bed and have a sleep and have a nap. So <laughs> yeah, I hope my colleague is not listening and like okay, you sleep why when I need you, but no, yes, it's fine. You you'll find me. I will probably respond to Discord if I can. Okay, um, so that uh now I think uh we can just jump into our. Agenda, no, like it's not a meeting, so it's not agenda, but like uh, the, the chat today, because like we have quite a lot of things, you can see like quite a lot of tab there that we're going to talk about. So first of all, I went to this meetup yesterday, that is super cool. Uh, it's the PyData UK, so um, PyData, so if in, in case you don't know, so PyData is a um, kind of like a, a conference, a bunch of like meetups that is... Um, is re like Python, obviously Python related, but not just Python, but like all these uh, scientific um, open source um, programming t like tools. So, uh, so the, the organization that kind of support PyData uh, is NumFocus, and uh, NumFocus also support projects like you know Pandas, and uh, NumPy, and um, also not just Python, like they also support Julia and um, some other R things as well. I think there's like a open science R or something yeah. that um you know that they support. So there's quite a lot of projects that they support, and if you do data science, you probably use some of them. Um, so please, uh, if you don't know, <laughs> I would recommend you go to look uh, for you know NumFocus and PyData. So they have really like all these like cool, cool uh, project and also um, cool conferences that I think um yeah I really want to support them because I use a lot of the, these tools and I think it's the, the best way to give it back I think is to you know be part of the community and um, you know help you know help other organize a meetup if, if you don't have a chapter in your so actually you can check so this is actually organized by PyData Manchester but if you click on this and then click on this so you can see that PyData like worldwide got 172 um, chapters so like you can find one near you <laughs> if you're not like in London there's one that's the one that nearest to me but you can just check whether there's one near you and if there isn't anyone you can get in touch with them uh to to start one so so yeah so that's really good and so yesterday the PyData Manchester uh organized this uh, PyData UK which uh why is named PyData UK is because uh, they all joined together to uh, organize this meetup so not just PyData Manchester I think um Pi, uh, PyData Southampton and PyData Bristol also be involved, and um, Ian from PyData London was speaking there. So um, yeah, so this is really cool, and um, I think I think I really hope that they do it again next month. 
Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, you can see that non-focus, you know, is you know, yeah. uh, education program of yeah. So like, you can check out non-focus and um, also you know maybe maybe like uh, join them uh, in in the meetup group so you can get the notification if they have they do it again next month. And this is really cool talk. Like the the TensorFlow probability was really good. I think I I used TensorFlow in Keras before, but I didn't know that they have all these like new probability thing that you could use that would come in very handy because if you deal with statistic um, stuff, that is uh, you know or or like if you use like PyMC3 before, I think now like they have this like PyMC4 which integrated. Uh, they they also use this uh, TensorFlow probability, so uh, that that's a really good tool. And, um, you know, Ian's talk about like, you know, all these um, crazy stuff you can do with pandas to make it like, you know, super powerful. <laughs> and like, uh, also like, I think he put all the details in his book as well. So, so check out, maybe check out his website. I think you can just Google him and you would find all the information there. So that's, that's the PyData uh, like meetup that I went yesterday. Cool. So, yeah. That's awesome. Are, are you involved in PyData like in anyhow? Um, I am, I am indeed. So I'm the co-organizer of the PyData Dublin, so the Dublin chapter of PyData. And we got, we're super excited as well because we're starting a few, um, we're starting up a new season of talks as well. Uh, ours are going to be on Mondays. So we're starting, at, I believe it's going to be around 7 p.m. And we're doing a few, yeah, a few Monday talks throughout the summer. Just heating up the, the, the drums a little bit. So I think that initially we have a really cool talk on data science and COVID. So we know that after after this lockdown, that's going to be one of the most common subjects in any talks everywhere, because everyone is going to want to be doing loads of research on that. Yeah. Um, Well-deserved research anyway. Right. So yeah, if you enjoy Pi data so like this is good news so um because uh you know like all the other conferences of so high data also have a global conference that uh, would be like like it would be just like if you have been to any like high data conference it would be just like a high data conference but even bigger and it would be online so <laughs> it's like it's high data global and of course if like if you're organizing such a big you know um conference and you obviously need uh, lots of people to work on it so they're now calling for committee i think it ends this week so please go to um so you can actually i've, I've retweeted so if you go to my twitter you'll be able to find this uh, tweet uh, by by james and uh, so you can also you know check out the form check out you know the, the vision if you agree on that if you're interested then you can apply uh, through the form so um so that's uh, that's something that you know if especially if you're using any of the projects that you know non-focus support and or any like scientific computing um you know the tools that i think uh, is, this is your way of giving it back so you can either you know maybe ask your company to <laughs> to sponsor like uh, you know to give financial support or if you're like if you're just like one person but like you can actually help a lot by joining the committee so um yeah so that's something yeah. that I want to talk about about PyData. And the idea of a pie, global PyData as well, it's so exciting. Imagine the size yeah. of it. Imagine how much cool stuff happening. Yeah, so you said PyData Dublin is going to have new talks, right? So it's going to be the first one. Is the, oh, is, next, is it next week? Or no, week not after? next week, okay. but the week after, yes. The, cool. Uh, it's a Monday week, yes. I'm 
still finishing some details and setting up exactly how it's going to be. But yes, it's for the 18th. Yeah, I think you should totally put this in the uh, in the in the Slack group of uh, of the PyData Slack group. And, uh, you know, oh. yeah, the, and then the organizers, you know, in the UK could help you to promote because it's online. So if we are in the same time zone, there's a, it's like also good for people to join as well. So I think uh, I think that's that's something that we could do. So uh, we cool. can talk about yeah. that in details afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for the tip then. I will have a look at that. Thank you. Yeah. So and, uh, what, what else do we have? We have and OK, this. Um, Napoli, uh is. Uh, I just saw that tweet that they say that they gotta have a um new release. So uh, actually, funny enough, like the first thing that I um I I, I like how I know about this is that uh there was some um I, actually I saw the tweet on Twitter saying like oh these like real girls uh program that you know they they want mentors in Python. So I was like. That's interesting. That's like I, I don't do Rails. Like even though I do a little bit of Ruby just for like to hack around Jackal, but like I never do Rails. And like okay, they are looking for Python mentors. So I was like, okay, I, I would I would have a look, and um and then I was contacted by some uh, ladies that they actually joined this program. They want to start contributing to this uh, library, and they want someone to maybe with more experience in Python to help. So I was like okay, if I can help, yeah, and um. So I was quite surprised that actually, like uh, this Rare Girls uh, Sum of Code program, also, you know, they 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 don't just like contribute to um you know Rails project. They also contribute to other projects like, as long as it's open source. I think um, you know, there's also a lot of uh, Python um libraries that uh, is involved. So uh, including this one, so uh, Napoli is like a really really good uh, tool for um. You know, for for it's all, it's like an image viewer, but it's like for three D and it's interactive. So I I think I've tried a little bit, and then you can like uh, actually I will talk a little bit more about that in the um, PyPI highlight. But um, you know, it's uh, they have the new release, so it's like so it is a big jump because like they were like in open two, and they have all these like new cool stuff that you know that is um, implemented, and actually they're developing quite fast so it's like since yeah six months six and months. then they jump yeah because like for some projects it could take even longer so uh, so they're doing very well and yeah i think i won't talk about it too much right now but congratulations <laughs> so it's uh, to to have this um you know a new achievement of uh, releasing open three so um we will have a deeper look on napery uh, afterwards so I'm looking forward for it because I yeah I'm curious now about 3D images and well yeah I wait I wait it's okay I wait yeah it's actually like multi-dimensional so it's not just 3D so it's especially useful for you know um scientific work you know um so yeah it belongs to science because like sometimes you have a graph or like some something that you know um is is multi-dimensional so it's like it's really good to to deal with it with uh mm -hmm. you know with uh, with this tool so i'm thinking about this stuff because i don't i don't know if you remember when we were talking about um the python space and all the the visual libraries that um heather was using for Haley, sorry was using for rendering uh, space images and she was saying that some of them would have a little bit of a delay 
and some or some of them would like the libraries would be a little bit difficult to deal with because of the multi-dimensional imaging. And I don't know if they actually use this this library, but it sounds really interesting. Yeah, and we will have a deeper look afterwards, so that's good. Cool. And news from EuroPython again. <laughs> so absolutely yes, because we're, we're yes. all over EuroPython. Yes, and our beloved uh, Naomi is coming to give a keynote. I think last time she gave a keynote in EuroPython was four years ago. So it's yeah. it's been a while. So um, so that's good. It that's makes it good. even more exciting. Yeah, because like uh, we have all seen like her talk, and also I've you know I've joined her uh, stream tutorial last Friday. Like she's a, an amazing speaker, and um, so yeah, so that that would be great. So um. Yeah, if you haven't get the ticket to your Python, I think uh, go ahead and do that, and um, you know follow your Python, get the newest news, and I think that there will be more to announce soon for the keynote speaker. So, yeah, so keynote speaker, um, and I think there is a few other news on CFP coming as well, but more more on that when it's actually official. Oh yeah. Yeah, so uh, there, there will be more news coming out because like uh, we are in the committee and then there's a lot of work going on, and um, so uh, pay attention. So the best thing to do is to follow the tweet, uh, the Twitter, you know, and or or even you can follow the blog. I think uh, there's a, a a Tumblr blog, but I don't use that so much. So I just use uh, Twitter to follow all the news, exciting news, and. Um, yeah, so we have like uh, three minutes. So I think Lace want to talk about this, because um, because this is not Python related, but <laughs> it's a game. <laughs> it's a game that is called uh, Vim Adventure. So what happened is like, cause I think uh, so there, you know, there's this is actually recommended by Michael, so I guess uh, two weeks ago, that um, you know, we were just like, having a conversation about Vim on Twitter. And um, I, I think I mentioned that, you know, I, I'm not very good at Vim. And then he kind of like recommended a video game <laughs> to, to, to improve my Vim. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that came from the IDE's conversation. I mean, I was I spotted his tweet about uh, talking about his love for Vim. And then I was talking about the joke that we were telling here when we did the showcase, the IDE showcase, um, when people are saying that uh, the only thing that you need to know about Vim and Emacs is how to get out of it. <laughs> so then he joked saying that, I mean, I think you replied and then he said that this is a really good um, learning age if you're looking to get into Vim. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's not Python related as you as you pointed out, but it seems so much fun. And come on, there's a princess over there. Like... Uh, okay. <laughs> well, I'll, I will check that out like uh like afterwards but yeah it's actually look cute you look cute and yeah so i think uh without further ado oh, thank you. i think uh we can you know uh, you you're looking forward to watch this uh, interview because um i think for a lot of people we use python but like uh we use you know at work or like for some reason you use windows so i think lace you're using windows as well or linux Yes, I use Windows. Yeah. yeah. I tried to migrate <laughs> into Ubuntu, but it didn't it really work because of the timing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So, so uh using using like uh, Python on Windows was was you know, was not a uh, not a thing that you would be proud of <laughs> in, in the past because a lot of, you know, um oh, you know, active members in Python community are, and using either Linux like or like like me, using using Mac, which I think like Linux is the majority. But um 
but yeah, and then like uh, Steve, he is a, a C like C Python core developer, but he also worked for Microsoft, and he he contributed a lot to help you know um, integrating you know the the Microsoft uh, system and also like Python environment, and like it helps a lot of people who use um, Python on Microsoft to have a better experience. So um so yeah let's let's uh start the interview and then we can um you can see what what he says. <laughs> yeah, so thank you so much Steve. So uh we what's what's the last time we met? Is it in Palandinium? Oh, or no, you're no, Python. Uh, you're Python, right? Python, I think, yeah. Yeah, in, in uh, Basel, in uh, Switzerland, I think. Yes. I remember, like, uh, Mark, like, our, our other friend, like, Mark Smith, and I was, like, trolling you by, you know, like, not giving a badge or something like that. <laughs> so, so nice to me. So nice. This, yeah. is, what, this is why yeah. I haven't seen you since then, yeah. <laughs> you have been avoiding me. No, but actually, you moved closer. You moved to the UK, um, not have, not yeah. because of me for other reasons, but I mean, like you, you chose you chose the like uh, at least you chose the better part of uh, of UK. You're in Scotland, and I I'm am. in England, so <laughs> still, you know. I, I mean, plenty of room up here. You're welcome to come and come up and join me. Oh yeah. Well, next time, if like you know, this year even the Edinburgh Festival was cancelled, so nothing's happening this year. So yeah, not going to Scotland. <laughs> okay. So yeah, like. Uh, I I know you since you know uh, I think uh, the the Europython in Edinburgh that was uh, 2017 or 18, uh, 18 I think. I, yeah. I, I don't remember. Yeah. I I feel like you know like since we have been to a lot of conference we feel oh we feel that we lose count of things. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, like I think maybe the viewer that like don't know you yet, like they could be newbie in Python and they haven't met you at the conference, so maybe you could introduce yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my name's Steve Dower. I'm a core C Python developer, and I'm one of the Windows experts on the team. <clears throat> so if you come in reporting an issue to do with Windows, uh, chances are I'm going to be the one who gets notified about that and asked to come and take a look. Uh, so you most likely interact with me on our bug tracker. Uh, I also have the job right now, and, and it gets passed around occasionally, but I have the job right now of doing the builds. So all the, the builds for Windows are done by me and uploaded to python.org and the Microsoft Store um, and the various places where you'll get it from. So that's my Python stuff. And I also work at Microsoft, uh, who very kindly allow me time to do that. Um, and you know, also, I get to work with the people who actually build Windows and a lot, a lot of the tooling. So it's, it's, it's helpful to have that inside connection with a whole lot of this stuff as well. Yeah, that that's funny because I met Steve like in your Python, and then uh, we kind of talked to each other because I was complaining about Windows Seven. <laughs> complaining so hard about how bad Windows was, and then you came and sat down next to me. Yeah, it it was a chance. Like I I did I didn't know Steve at that time, and I was just like moaning about you know Windows Seven and how things are so difficult, and and then I. And after I give that lightning talk, I sit next to him, and it was I was scared. Like somebody like from introducing you to everyone now. This is why you all get to meet me now, so you won't do that by accident. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now, like if somebody don't like window, they know. Like when they yeah. see you, be like, help me. <laughs> yeah. You're on the other side. That's... No, it's yeah. fine. It's yeah. fine. I actually really, really enjoy hearing talks like that. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I know it's weird. Um, I have a thick skin, so that helps, um, which is how I can kind of wade into like the arguments and, and the shouting and the angry people. Uh, but I actually really like hearing it because it's, it's the only feedback you really get. Like when something <laughs> doesn't work for someone and when it's something as fundamental as the operating system, it's like if Python doesn't work, then people just give up and walk away yeah. quite often. So it's actually really, really informative and useful to hear those kinds of talks, um, to hear people complaining about specific things. Uh, like it, it annoys me when people just, they're just angry and they don't complain about specific things. But when you have specific, this didn't work, this seemed weird, the, you know, this isn't what I expected. I'm, I'm the one who can fix that. Great. <laughs> When I hear that, I go, great, I can do something about this. So, so I actually, I, I really do appreciate those, like people getting up and giving those talks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but let's, before we dive into this like Python and window thing, like I want to know a little bit like how you started. You started with like, you are, you know, into, you know, um, develop for Windows before you go into Python or the other way around, like how you become this position. <laughs> How I became the developer I am. Uh, I mean, if we want to go all the way back, I started on Apple IIe learning AppleSoft Basic. Um, <laughs> I still have the book for that somewhere. Um, I learned that from a book um, and later got into assembly language of all things. Um, my, my educational background is half software, half electronic engineering, basically. So it was kind of that assembly language level of stuff that I really, really liked. Uh, from there, went to university and, and kind of scattered through a whole lot of languages and ended up at Python in an AI for games course of all mm. places, uh, <laughs> which, which was a whole lot of fun. Yeah, uh, I think lecturer had done a good job preparing. That's gave it, like, interesting because I talked to Michael two weeks ago and then he said that he started Python because he was playing games as well. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I and I think all the way. Here's a throwback for some old people in the room. You, I, I don't want to assume that you remember this. The the game Karatika or Karatika, as I called it, I think it's Karatika, was the game that convinced me that I wanted to learn how to program. And then all this time, I've never actually remade it. I probably could at this point, and I never have, and I really should. Uh, <laughs> but that's yeah, really old game there. If you can find that, that's. But Just you got fun. the biggest distraction, right? Python. So you kind of go the other yeah, way. So I got in. I got into Python and was yeah. developing in that, and um, eventually got the the job at Microsoft on what was the Python tools for Visual Studio team. Uh, all three of us at that point. Uh, it was not a very big team. It was, uh, it was maybe four, uh, but that was kind of the entire team doing Python at Microsoft. So we'd show up at PyCon. Uh, you know, yeah. with four people, maybe five or six, if we found some extras who wanted to come along. Uh, and we'd have this big booth with Microsoft all over it, uh, except we didn't have a proper budget. So we'd, we'd like, you know, print out, we, you know, we'd go down to FedEx or something and print posters with the Microsoft logo on it <laughs> on the booth. And it looked really danky. And people were like, yeah. are, are you, you sure? Microsoft? Yeah. yeah, like you should have budget, right? <laughs> Yes, yeah, like normally you can afford these things, right? Uh, so that was fun. Yeah. Uh, and so then, so then I was at PyCon and was in talks, hearing people basically say Windows doesn't work well at, at this, that, and that. And so I was kind of like, well, I can help with that. How so about I'm not I help? The first one. 
And no, you're definitely you're definitely not the first one. Okay. Uh, that's um, and and yeah, just simply volunteering to help out in an area where there was a really big need, and and everyone knew there was a really big need there. Like it wasn't, um, you know, you can come in and be like, I really really want to, you know, rewrite the core runtime loop, and and the Python team is kind of going to be like, yeah, but we don't need that. Uh, I came in and said, I want to work on stuff related to Windows, and they were all like, yes, please. Yeah. yeah. So is, is it still true that like you're the only guy in the team that works on Windows stuff, or is it changed after, you know, several years, you know? And... Uh, well, I mean, there, there's always been a few. There's always been a few. Uh, there's, there's not really been anyone kind of full-time like I am. Uh, and even then, I, I work on things that are not Windows specific or that are outside of that. Um, but and there's there's a number of people who spend a lot of their time working on Windows, uh, even if they're not necessarily fixing Python stuff on Windows. Um, and there's there's people who quite happily switch between operating systems as needed, particularly for testing various things. Uh, I know there's a few people who have Windows just so they can test their Python stuff on it, which is great. Um, mm -hmm. Very very happy that that's the case. I also know there's a few people who, who will not touch Windows even to test their Python stuff on it, which Ooh. is a little unfortunate. But you know, every, everyone has their lines and their limits, and it's a volunteer project. So you contribute what you can. If something is too hard, then you're not actually forced to do it. So so I get, I get all sides of it. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's a few of us. I, I'm kind of the most prominent, outspoken one. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like now, since I know you, uh, and now be like, if anybody have problems, like if we're like, if you're using Windows and you have problem with Python, just like Steve is the guy you should talk to. And I think, I think that's so true that like, uh, I think what I learned from like, from your Python that like, after we talk that actually, uh, now after like a few years, I, I think like, it's, I realize it more than because the people who are active in the community, they're not you know, window users, or they don't care about window. And, but in fact, you know, a lot of businesses, because now Python is so popular, they have to use windows with Python. So, um, so, uh, so yeah, like, do you think like there's actually like, a, like a how, how, and then like, we can help these people like is if they need support, obviously they may not find the answer on Stack Overflow that works for them. So yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that's, it's, it's, one of the most interesting things that that I've kind of gotten coming at coming at the Python community from a different direction, um, and I mean, I was using it, developing stuff, and wouldn't have considered myself really part of the community until I was already at Microsoft. Coming at it from that direction, it's it's you just have a very different set of doors open to you, because certain people will only feel comfortable talking to certain people. And so there's a lot of people who are like, oh, I, I need to talk to, you know, the, the core developer team and I, I need to go to a mailing list and that's, that's what I have to do. And then there's other people who are like, I can't, I can't, we can't do that. We can, and, and they tend to be, you know, they tend to be older people wearing suits, six figure incomes. And they're like, I can't, I can't go to a mailing list. Oh, but I can go to this random guy from Microsoft and talk to him. And, I, and I've had people come up, <laughs> chat to me about all sorts of things. And and I'm sitting there, kind of scratching my head, going, "You, you, you are the biggest bank in the United States, and you think you can't just go up to Guido and start talking to him?" 
but you can talk to some random guy. So, so I've, I've gotten this very different perspective of who's using it. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I also get some access to, to telemetry and, and numbers that not everyone has. And unfortunately, I can't share them most of the time. Uh, but there is definitely a lot more Windows usage than you get the impression of just from the people who write a blog or post on Twitter or come to a conference. Uh, and I'm, most people looking around a conference would be surprised there's as much Linux usage as there is because everyone has a MacBook. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's, some, some of the charts that show that, you know, 90% of the installs for certain packages are on Linux is mind-blowing for other reasons. So it's all about your perspective, the angle you come at it, what you get to see. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of Windows usage. Uh, but and th there's two sides to that, right? Because a lot of Windows usage means a lot of problems. And if there's things that don't work well on Windows, then you know that multiplies by a lot of people, a lot of time, in in many cases, by a lot of money. Uh, but at the same time, it wouldn't be that big a problem if people weren't actually able to use it in the first place. Hmm. And that's one of the the strongest credits that I can give to Python is it works so well on Windows that people have these obscure problems with it. Because if something doesn't work well on your platform, you don't have obscure problems. You have a big fat problem right at the start. <laughs> yeah. And then you stop and, and you never even get to the obscure ones. So the fact that people have obscure problems is really, really like good sign. Uh, I know there's some people who, who will be like, Python works on Windows because of me. That's, that's not true. It worked on Windows already. There, there were some rough edges still there that I've helped scrape off uh, and probably some new rough edges that, that I've added. And certainly some people would say I've added some rough edges for them. Uh, sorry, I'm sure there was a good reason. Uh, <clears throat> but but it is it mostly worked really well to begin with anyway. Yeah. And that's more credit to the community. Um, my feeling about that, because like in my previous job, I have to use Windows Windows 7 to be specific, um, that the problem is not like Python is not able to use this, like the libraries that I use a lot in, you know, my data science work is that they doesn't work as expected as mm. it is like on the other OS. So you have to find a workaround or sometimes like the problem with your work window is that because the company said a lot of, you know, you know I mean, rights that, you know, you can't um, use it like, you know, uh, like it's supposed to be so i think it's not the problem with windows it may be like it's just the, the environment of of using the wind like of that window that you're using is is the problem and it's it's a real challenging kind of push and pull right there's two sides to it because there's definitely things that windows does differently to other platforms <clears throat> um and in some cases there's good reasons in some cases there, there isn't a good reason it's just kind of historical uh, like the whole forward slashes, backslashes is basically just historical. Uh, but unfortunately, the like historical decisions get embedded in. And now if you change it, then you'll break a whole lot of other aspects. But but you do see things change over time to make it simpler. So for example, Windows is a lot friendlier now if you're using uh, Unix line endings. So just slash n, just backslash n instead of backslash r, backslash n. Most Windows stuff is far more amenable to that these days than it used to be. And that that's because, you know, some of these differences aren't actually that important. They, they are just historical, but they can be fixed. And so the Windows team is going through and, and tidying some of those up over time. Um, <clears throat> and I know that there's more of that tidying coming 
in the next couple of releases. Uh, and at the same time, Python itself has had a long time of going through and, and kind of smoothing over some of those differences to make life easier for the libraries built on top of it. But, but yeah, as you say, it's the runtime is good. The runtime is great. And some of the libraries is where it starts failing down because you've always got a choice. You can write platform specific code or you can write platform independent code. And Python has never really tried to be the kind of Java run anywhere kind of model where everything is hidden and you're just stuck inside this virtual machine that you can't get out of. Python's, Python's always been like a thin layer over the system. Uh, and so it does expose a lot of stuff that's platform specific. And, and there's thousands of examples of that, but there's also a lot of ways that you can avoid that if you're coding with the right things. So the easiest example is, yes, you can use the string functions to do paths and put forward slashes everywhere and use dot split on forward slash and concatenate with forward slash. And that's very platform specific code. And Python also has pathlib and the os.path modules, which yeah. will do the same things. Yeah, it works everywhere. That That's no, one of the things that I like most, yeah. Uh, yeah. So for absolute beginners, because you know I also run workshops for absolute beginners, I know that there will be a lot of Windows users in that group as well. What advice you would give, like, you know, uh, generally, like if they got stuck, maybe, you know, where to find resources? Uh, yeah. So it, it, it has changed a couple of times since we did it. Um, I did some work uh, what was it, about six, sometime in the last six to 12 months with our documentation team at Microsoft. So there is actually a page on docs.microsoft.com on installing and setting up Python. Mm. Um, and we originally, uh, as I say, other people have gotten hold of the page now, so I'm not exactly sure off the top of my head what it says. The original idea was, oh, hey, the Visual Studio Code page has a section on how to install it. And the Visual Studio page has a section on how to install it. and the, you know, certain Azure pages have a section on how to install it. And what if people just want to install it and not be installing these other tools at the same time? And why do we keep rewriting these instructions? And what if we just have one page that's like, oh, you want to run Python on Windows? Here's just how to install Python. Oh, that, that um, would be really helpful. That's something that yeah. I wish I could just point people to that. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a short link, but if you go to docs.microsoft.com slash windows slash Python, I think we'll get you there. I can double check that. Okay. Yeah. That. I would try to like uh, find it as well. And I would try to put the link uh, in the description for people to, uh, to check. <laughs> I think that would be very useful. Yeah. It's good to know. Yeah. And... So, okay. This, yeah. this may just changed again, but it seems to still be the, the same set of how to guides, um, right. how to get Python set up. There's a, there's a set of frequently asked questions in there as well, just kind yeah. of things like, you know, I would find myself answering all the time. It's like, why isn't there just an answer on the internet yeah. for this? Yeah. And so we made a page with the answer and put it on the internet. Uh, so there's that, but really installing Python these days, uh, especially for, for beginners and newbies is go to the Microsoft store, find Python and install it from there. Right. Uh, that. That is a project that I spent some time on um, that Microsoft actually gave me extra time to work on that because, you know, we want it to be easy to install on Windows. People run into problems trying to install Python on Windows and that makes Windows look bad. So they're like, how can we help with this? Uh, and the best way to help was to contribute a the, the support needed to be able to put it in the store. And so the Microsoft store is like, it's like any app store. Uh, oh yeah, that, that's really good. 
like yes. cause I'm using Mac, and you have to install this and that, and it's like like one step, like each. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, easy page to find. It's got all the screenshots and the logos and everything. You click install. Uh, it might prompt you to log in if you haven't used the store before. You can cancel that and it'll keep going. Uh, <laughs> not everyone knows that. I've, I've had people shout at me, why do I have to log in for this? And my answer is you hit cancel and, and you get it anyway. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, the downside is you don't get to control every step of the experience. Okay. But once it's downloading, it's fast to download, it's fast to install. Uh, you get automatic updates. Like Python will actually automatically update well, when it's safe to do, you won't jump from like Python 2 to Python 3 automatically. Um, Python 2 isn't even in there. Uh, but, it, but it will, like when we push out security updates, you will just get those. Like you'll, you'll start up your computer one day and, you know, Python will be the slightly newer version. Right. So I think we have talked a lot about um, Windows on Python. So like I would t take it a little bit to the side that like, because at the beginning, I think I think like I said that you have moved. Uh, actually, before that, you have visited like quite a lot because you go to EuroPython, you go to obviously you go to different conferences. I think you have been to uh, Python Ireland once as well. So, um, do you spot any difference between the communities in the US and in Europe? I oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, <laughs> obviously, I'm I'm not from either of those areas originally. I'm yeah. from. Uh, <laughs> So, so I grew up in Australia, moved to the US to work for Microsoft about eight years ago. Uh, just moved to the UK, and, and I am up in um, in Scotland. Uh, it's so nice up here. It's so beautiful. People are so friendly. Uh, it's great. I love it. Um, so yeah, so I've gotten to see like kind of a lot of these different cultures, particularly as an outsider. You know, I've never actually been to a Python conference in Australia. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> like one. I feel the same because I've never been to anything about Python in in where I'm from, Hong Kong. So, mm. like only because of work. So it's like he he is like UK is where I work. So <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, no, it's very different. It's very different. Uh, both. I mean, it's it's impossible to say one is better than the other, uh, and probably I would say the Python communities are more similar across cultures than, than they are, than kind of the rest of the culture. Um, there's just, there's something about the people who get actively involved in Python and are coming to conferences that are, that are just really friendly, like really friendly. Everyone gets to be involved. Everyone gets to, to like play their part. There's, the egos are much smaller for the most part in the Python communities, no matter where you are. And I actually feel like I saw the same thing in Taiwan when I was there for a conference a couple of years back. Wow. Uh, the, the Python community is kind of the nicest part in a lot of ways of the broader community. Uh, and so that kind of influences the differences. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's definitely... Uh, I, because I have never been to any like PyCon in US. I I plan to go this year, but of course it's not happening. We're not going anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So um, really like so I really want to know what's the difference. I want to experience. So, yeah. I, the biggest the biggest difference is going to be probably what kind of beer you go out for afterwards. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what what kind of food you go out? It's no. I I actually haven't seen that that like people are still very friendly. Um, 
and and all kind of want the same thing. Uh, I would probably say there's there's a bit more. Oh, how do I say this? Uh, people are a bit more work focused in Europe. Uh, oh, I really? Feel like, oh. Yeah. So, and I mean work focused in the sense that the the conferences are more about actual knowledge sharing and and uh, networking for for work purposes and and learning things and and doing all of that stuff and the US conferences are a lot more kind of hanging out with friends yeah <laughs> okay and it's I a, guess it's they a have a very... longer history right they like of course PyCon US is the first you know so maybe there are people that has been meeting there every year for a long long time i talked to naomi last week and she said that this is the first year that she is not in the PyCon since her first time you know yeah there's there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of long-standing members of the community over there uh, and definitely a lot of people do do seem to know each other yeah but both, both were a lot of fun both yeah were, and, you know, i'm almost always there on on business because uh, that's the reason why I go to the conferences is to, is you know, be be that <clears throat> kind of conduit between the Python community and the Microsoft community, and and helping fill that gap. So I'm almost always there on business. So I appreciate the like the the European conferences where other people also have that focus, and it's quite comfortable to just start talking business. Uh, the U.S. conferences that's a little more weird, and and people aren't quite <laughs> keen to do it. Yeah. But uh, I, I see Microsoft booth like everywhere in all the Python conference. So I think we got a lot of support from Microsoft actually. I, so yeah. The best thing I've seen happen there over the last really five or six years, I don't have to go to all the conferences anymore. It's like we have a massive team yeah. of people doing Python stuff. We have a lot of massive teams of people doing Python stuff within the company now that we didn't used to have. And it's it's great. It's great. Like I for like as I said, um, I, I think we were recording when I was talking about the the booth where we printed out the the signs. Was that before we started recording? I can't remember because we chat before the recording. But yeah, yeah that really like that, that booth is totally like not not like it. It looked really like you know a uh, fan art or something. It's not <laughs> doesn't look like you have the right budget to do it. <laughs> we, we're we're a legitimate Microsoft booth. We just had to go to FedEx to print out the sign. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But but not like that's that was where we started to have gotten to yeah. the point where Oh now you got amazing swag. Trust me, if you see a Microsoft booth in any conference, go there and get the swag. Yeah. Uh, come <laughs> and take out our, our t shirt. We're getting awesome. Like we just have so many connections. We've got such well connected people like doing these things now. Um like people like Brett Cannon, Nina Zakarenko. Um uh why am I blanking on? I, I have a face and I'm blanking on a name right now. I'm very sorry. I'm going to go apologize to someone <laughs> on, on our internal chat for getting their name. Um, but, but we have we have people who are who are out there and are known and have connections who can pull in like uh, like really build the engagement in a way that is very exciting. Uh, and yeah, it's come a long way since <clears throat> since I started doing it there. Yeah. So I think. At the end, I would like to like ask. I always ask the guests, like, what do you see the future development? Like, I know that you know, if you compare now to like even a few years ago, that you know, uh, like using Python on Windows has been like much much better. So, do you see any like you know future like or any plans that you can tell us that you know is going forward? 
Oh. <laughs> it's a difficult question. It's, it's a so, difficult question yeah. because there are a lot of plans and yeah. I'm not actually sure which ones I can tell you. Yeah. Well, um, one, one thing I can definitely say is there will be, so PyCon US is kind of going on at the moment. There's things being released. Uh, and there will be a blog post from Microsoft coming out that's going to have uh, a lot of what we just talked about, actually, in it. Uh, everyone wants to ask the same questions, like, what's, yeah, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, but but that, that, has some, that has some more stuff listed in it that's really interesting. Uh, I think we're actually going to see a really, really strong push for Python in education. Uh, good, good to hear. That's always I good. Think, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it has more than proven itself as one of the the most accessible languages for people who are learning to code um and we've seen it in in kind of our own things that we do so we have make code we have minecraft education edition um a number of kind of educational focused tools where where python has shown itself as uh you know a real positive way of engaging with students and so i i think that's going to keep growing that's good that's really good to hear because I think this is um, where we want to have we want to have more Pythonisters. So if it's a language that everybody learns at school, then obviously you know it would get more. Um, it's better for the community as well. So, yeah. Yep. Right. So I think it's a really good chat. I wish we have more time, but I think uh, because we gotta fit this in the stream, so we ain't gonna be too long. But uh, yeah, I hope that I would, you know, see you very soon. In maybe in another conference, or maybe if I have a business trip to to Scotland, I can, you know, get in touch. And, right. Yeah. Yep. Come, come and drop in, or yeah. I'll come and drop in on you when we're finally allowed to travel again. Yeah, but I'm sure that like when it got, you know, when things get to normal, you know, we have lots of conference in London and you're, you're now closer now, you can come here. I, I will definitely be there. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, so thank you so much and um, thank you. bye. Bye. Hello, hello. How, how, was, how was the interview? Hey, sorry, <laughs> I forgot that mute. Yeah, hey, we're back. Sorry, it's like a silence for one or two seconds and you see me try to talk and without hearing. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that, technical difficulties. I think I need to really like, uh, like upgrade my setup. So by the way, if you don't know, I'm using OBS, but I know that there are more powerful tools uh, for streaming in the market. I got a, I was talking with Lace the other day that like I got to upgrade, like up my game. So. Um, okay, anyway, I we're hope you... We're doing this together, by the way. Yeah. We're doing I... this together, by the way. We're upping the game together. Yes. So, um, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the interview. Um, so, and yeah, it's, it's good. Like, I haven't talked to Steve for so, so long. And um, and I, I only follow him, like, what's going on, like, by looking at his Twitter. So, now it's, like, good that, you know, I can, you know, catch up with him and ask him questions that I always want to ask. Uh, of course about windows <laughs> and um yeah like that that's 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 uh that's nostalgic because you know we know each other because i was complaining about windows anyway um 
so yeah, uh, let's go to our last session and um, and you know finish our meat pie. So I kind of give a spoiler before that we're gonna talk about uh, nap napuri. So let me uh, go back to share my screen. Pie That's... pie highlights. Yeah. Where's my screen? <laughs> Chrome tab? No. Oh my god, like one second. I don't know why. It's not. Maybe I minified it. Yeah, sorry, my bad. I minified it. Technical difficulties again. And here. Okay. Yeah. It's a user difficulty this time, no? Yeah. Like I said, we need better tools and we will we'll, we'll upgrade it, don't worry. Um. So, uh, actually, the banner was hiding the down a little bit. You can still see. Okay, good. Um. So yeah, Napri is a um, 3D, you know, a multi-dimension actually, like image viewer. So you can see like, uh, this is, you know, you can, is is a Python library, you can just pip install it. And um, the good thing about it is that it got a really good GUI. Like, you can see that here, that, you know, uh, you can just like call it by, you know, this is with scikit-image uh, data. And then like, you can just use the viewer and then once you run it, you will have you'll be given this GUI window, and it's it's Mac. <laughs> uh, yeah, like well, I can see that the pe person who is making this picture is like using Mac, and yeah, yeah you can like uh, this like fully functional, you know, um, this like rendering and you can color mapping. So it's really good for scientific. Like th well, this is not necessarily a scientific picture, but it's really good when you do scientific uh, image, you know. Um, viewing because you, you have full control of this and um, have help you inspect your image and um, yeah so you can also like uh, use it with uh, within the with con uh, context and and um, you know there's also like different layer types so you can construct your image in different layers and um, there's really good tutorial let's have a look let's check it out Yes. Uh, so yeah, you can see this is like this is more like the real thing. It's like scientific stuff that you know you have, you know you can layer them all together, and so it's better for you to inspect your research result. And mm. yeah, and then I, the the thing that's like super easy to use if you use Python, like you just pip install and just like running some script to do that is really good. Like uh, let's go to maybe some galleries. You see. This is like really good. Like for example, these are I think these are the scannings of some you know um, I don't know what this is, but like obviously some scanning, like maybe from the electronic microscope or something, you know, it's mainly scientific stuff. Or maybe you can view some stuff that I think this is like a microscope thing. It really looks like yeah, this one looks like a microscope thing. So let's have yeah. a look. Yeah. Yeah. Microscopical image. Oh, it's yeah. a tumor. Yeah. So oh, it's, cool. it, it also do some highlighting for you, I think, because you, you can do that with the script. Yeah. I wonder if it would. Yeah, do... it's like 3D. You can, you know, turn it around. You know, you can. You can oh. kind of yeah. Euro calcium imaging data. Yeah, I did a little bit of a project. I mean, we were not using any any libraries or anything for image processing, but I did a little bit of a project on identifying um oh this is super cool this is almost like a, a, a 3d the, the uh, mri scan this one yeah. yeah so yeah with cancer with cancer cells so we're just looking at cancer cells and what would like differ them from um healthy cells i wonder how that would help 
on that on that analysis. It's yeah. a super cool library. Yeah, it's really good. And um, it's in Python. <laughs> You'd be surprised like what Python could do. See? <laughs> yeah. And you know, even geospatial, so I think this is like some satellite image. So yeah. Like that would be interesting as well for Oh, GIS. sediment data. So it must be a, a yeah. I think I've seen these data as well. So it, I think it also use uh, some it provides some uh, computer vision thing. You can see it kind of highlight the boundaries for them. And oh, you oh you can do it manually like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can do a machine learning data as well. See, so this is, well, this so, is just seeing all your data sets. But <laughs> okay, does it do augmentation as well for like the different? The what? Different augmentation for for like image augmentation for well, the different data sets. I think uh, augmentation. I would rather like do it with maybe psychic image. So, uh -huh. but like, but this is you know part of the script, right? You just do like view equals to something. So like in your script in the other part, so you can do the augmentation. And then you can view the result through through this one. So, yeah, that's super cool. Mm. Yeah, so check that out if you uh, haven't heard about it and you have some pictures that, you know, especially if you're doing like data science or research, you need to have a preview of your image so you can do that. And yeah, that that's really good. That I think it's a, it's a, it's a really like a, a extra tool for your um if you have like you know machine learning stuff like like what they showed you before that you know you can inspect your image very easily so yeah that's me and see what's going on yeah that's super cool wonderful and yeah and i think uh lace you want to talk about cadro <laughs> yes i do want to talk about cadro and there's nothing to do with the fact that i just got a job with them uh <laughs> Perfect. So uh, Kedro is this Python library, so mostly focused on data science and machine learning pipelining. So it's basically um, a best practice library. So it like it just helps you. It help the main initial thing is to help you deploying code ready for production at all times. So it's just making everything a little bit more um streamlined so it's a better development of workflow um then uh each i saw some people talking as well about um how it was helping them setting up the workflow of the actual uh software so where the where does the data go to where is it, co it comes from how how does it flow so you can see that on a graphical in a graphical representation it helps a lot when you're actually when you're developing yeah, so Kedro uh, Vis. So this is your pipeline, right? Your data pipeline. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So that would be the yeah, that would be the pipeline. I don't understand that well how it works yet, but um, it seems it seems very it seems very useful for late, large data sets and on machine learning projects and data science in general. Do you use Kedro? I well I I I know Cadro because uh, we did a London Python sprints with them, and uh, I tried to work a little bit on the test. I would say that this is one of the most tested uh, <laughs> library. Like they have a full coverage uh, on the on the you know on all the codes. They have a hundred percent coverage, and then there is a ticket that they want to in, like 
you know, sometimes you have a branch or you have if and else, right? So they want to test both cases to cover that even more. So I was like, okay, I would try to do that. But like, uh, it's just, I, I have a feeling that this is super tested. And like, because I write a lot of tests in my work as well. But this is like a level that I think is going to be very difficult to compare to achieve. And uh, what I like about them is their logo. So I got some stickers from last time in the sprint. So Lace, maybe in the future, if you have any swags, let me know. And I, I really want them. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you. Uh, by the way, Terminus DB owes me a pair of socks. Oh really? I'm I would. I would let my colleague yeah. know. Okay, they would. They sent you a pair of socks. I'm still waiting. The cow duck on Twitter promised me a pair of socks to match my my <laughs> Terminus DB cup and my Terminus DB T-shirt, and I'm still waiting for it. Right. Okay. We. Yeah. We'll definitely uh, give you a socks, and then um, so you can you can show. I don't know how you're gonna. Are you flexible? You need to put your feet like uh, in front of the camera to show it off. So, but anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, um, t-shirt, cup, and socks, all of the same. Yes, that's yes. that's the goal. Uh, keep keep watching Meet Meet Fire, guys. That one of these days I will show it up with all my my Terminus DB swag gear. It's gonna be incredible. Yeah. But anyway, like if you do a machine learning projects, then this would be a very good because, like, especially if you work with a team in a commercial project, then uh, usually you have, you know, you, you work with lots of people and the data coming in and out could be a, a mess. So having mm -hmm. a library to help you to control the flow of, of the thing would be really good. And uh, maybe in the future we can do some crossovers, see like how, you know, you can use Kedro on Terminus DB. So like um, you will have a perfect, you know, um, perfect governance of your data and your um, machine learning project. <laughs> yes. You'll be able to see where you're living and that's going to help you building that application much, much better. I, I absolutely love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. So um, stay excited, I think, and check out the projects <laughs> that we talk about, uh, Napoli and Kedro. So both of them kind of like um, related to machine learning stuff-ish. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, check that out. There's so many cool stuff in Python that we still have to discover. If you have any suggestions, like I always said, uh, you know, send, you know, find us on Twitter, you know, tag us, um, you know, put your, um, you know, put your suggestions in, in my Twitch. There's a suggestion box uh, there available. Um, yeah, just let us know. Or even if you see it, you're watching this on DevTool, you can also, you know, uh, I think you can start a discussion or, you know, give us a comment. So we would know that, like, what you want to learn about, or you have any cool stuff you want to share, let us know. Um, so I think um, I think that that's wrapped up our our Meet Meet Pie today. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's Meet Meet Pie for today as well. It was wonderful, yeah. as always. <laughs> so loads of data science, loads of Pi data, loads of uh, machine learning stuff as well. Very good. So yeah, next week we would continue um, to you know, but we need your input. So uh, please, please uh, give us any feedback. We we love feedbacks, and um, stay safe. And uh, yeah, see you soon. Do you like Meet Meet Pie? Please follow us on Twitter. Give us comments. We'd love to hear what you think. See, see you, you next week. week.